Hello and welcome to the Heart of Markness Led Zeppelin Podcast, episode 161. Good evening. We have a good one tonight. I know you're like, really? We do? Because I'm looking at the title and it says 1980. Uh, no, I know. I know. But listen, we've been through this before. There's good stuff in 1980. There's very, very good stuff in 1980. There just aren't magical shows, necessarily. But there are magical tracks. And there are shows that are really good. The earlier tour is very high energy. Everybody's engaged. They get off on a good start. And then uh, by Nuremberg, which is the show after this show, Bonzo collapses behind the drums. And uh, then when he comes back on the 29th in Zurich, his drumming is just completely phoned in. He's not excited. He didn't want to be there. He was not healthy. Robert was on board, but not 100%. Robert was losing his way out of the band anyway, because it was just a bad, bad deal. Um, however, could they have pulled it together and had an amazing 70, uh, I'm sorry, an amazing 1980 U.S. tour? I don't think so. I think they could have pulled it together and had some really cool shows but uh i don't think uh, i don't think the the magic uh was was there to sustain a whole show anymore i think it would have damaged their reputation in the states had they toured in 1980 but i also could be wrong um i think had they toured either jimmy or bonzo would have died on the tour probably jimmy who knows man it was a dark time and yet, there were still shining moments. This is Hanover, Germany, 1980, June 24th, 1980. This is this was brought to my attention uh, at the, on the Dogs of Doom Discord. Somebody had mentioned, somebody was listening to it, I think, and had mentioned all of my love, the all of my love for this for from this show was kind of the only good live all of my love that Jim or good live all of my love solo that Jimmy played. So I was intrigued, so I listened to it and I was like, well by gosh, that is a really good solo. And a good performance. It's an audience tape. I put that in the title because the soundboards really rob any any of the lingering magic from the sound because they're so flat and dry they make jimmy's tone sound brittle all his mistakes are there in stark relief there's no atmosphere mm -mm. this audience tape on the other hand is really good it sounds wonderful it's a third generation but the but it, that's that's okay it still sounds very very good and you will hear it shortly um, this show will be available for download at heartofmarkness.com. You get the entire concert, which is just the standard 1980 concert opening like they did back in the day with Train Kept a Rolling, straight into a truncated Nobody's Fault But Mine, Black Dog, where Jimmy talks, In the Evening, The Rain Song, which is always good, Hot Dog, which is never good, All of My Love, which is really good tonight, Trampled Underfoot, Always great on the 1980 tour. Since I've Been Loving You is excellent, this show. Achilles' Last Stand, didn't listen to it. White Summer, Black Mountainside, Cashmere, Stairway, Rock and Roll, and Communication Breakdown. A nice 1980 show. I am really glad. Once again, I am grateful for the Dogs of Doom Discord. Not only just have a place to dip in and just peruse intelligent educated discussions of my favorite band but also to get you know which which leads me to getting little tips like this i would not have gone to this show as a, as something to to present to you guys i wouldn't go to the 1980 tour because in my hubris i thought i already knew all the good shows but i was wrong once again my bias, which was shaped, you know, 30, 
32 years ago, 33 years ago, whenever the first bootleg CD came out of the Zurich show in the uh, gatefold album with the 77 shot tour over Europe, I think it was called. I bought that. I still have the discs, but I don't have the fucking case. Um, on flying Eagle records or something like that. When that came out and I got it and it was the first 1980 show I'd heard. It was the first 80 soundboard I'd heard. And it kind of, uh, I was like, what, what is this? This doesn't, you know, in my ignorance, cause I was, uh, I wasn't a teenager. I was 21, but it was before the internet. I was naive. And I was like, what? This isn't Jimmy. This isn't the Jimmy of the song remains the same. What's going on here? But the audience tapes really bring things out. They bring out more of the effects. They bring out more of the atmosphere. They bring out more tone. It's just, it's just good, man. It's all good, man. I'm yawning. Excuse me. Lord have mercy. All right, so let's get started. I've got four songs for you tonight. None of them are particularly long, which is one good thing about the 80 tour is that they, they, they called it cutting the waffle because Robert was like, I am not going to abide 30 minute songs. I am not going to abide 20 minute songs. Nothing needs to be 20 minutes long. And they were like, okay. And they were also fighting an uphill battle in Europe. Because New Wave had hit, and that late 70s, early 80s heavy metal, Motorhead, Judas Priest, Saxon kind of stuff was on the ascension with Iron Maiden starting to rise out of there, which would then lead into the mid 80s with Thrash and Metallica and stuff like that. So there was other stuff fighting for the attention and the market had split with new wave and punk segmenting instead of just rock and roll. It it had broken down, not like it is today where there's shoe gazing and sneaker core and mumble rap and vapor. I mean, just so many subdivisions of genres that there's, there's, you're hardly going to find a meeting of the minds. And there's no radio to listen to new music anyways. And what's this with the kids with the pants down around their ankles? Yes, I am old and I'm getting older. Eight minutes. All right. Fuck this. Sorry for babbling. Uh, 1980 tour. There's, there's, there's more there. And Jimmy's playing on this show. There, that is, it is erratic. But there's brilliance here. And fluidity. And... Um, Man, some phrasing and stuff that carries through all the way to the 2007 reunion. Kind of flashes of the mature, mature Jimmy Page that uh, we never really got to hear much of. Because he stopped doing shit. It's his prerogative, but I wish he would just say, hey, I'm retired. Instead of like, just a U8, it's almost done. A new project, almost done. Just a U8 next year, here I come. Like, dude, you're 80. You're essentially 80. I don't even want to hear Paul McCartney now. His voice is is gone. Because you're 80. <laughs> Not like Jimmy sings, but you know what I mean. He, hasn't, he doesn't practice. He just starts playing guitar on a project, which is why when tours start post-Zeppelin, nothing to write home about. And then as he gets going on the road, he gets better and better and better. All right, here we go. Nine minutes. I'm sorry, folks. Nobody's fault but mine. June 24th, 1980, Hanover, West Germany at the time. Back in the day of the Cold War, too, duh. Nobody's fault but mine. Nice and short. Less than six minutes. And you are going to hear. You are going to hear some fluid, fast Jimmy playing. Enjoy. Thank you. 
Whoops, I wasn't ready. Sorry. <laughs> well, I left Jimmy's speech in there, even though we're not listening to Black Dog, simply because you could, you know, so you could hear it. It's good for you to hear him. This is the only tour that Jimmy spoke, in which Jimmy spoke every night. I don't recall any other time him speaking, but I mean, I'm sure he must have at some point in one of the other shows. But he introduced Black Dog every night. And uh, occasionally he would do it in the local language. But uh, not tonight. There's young Mr. Page and his voice. All right. Hopping ahead. Now, that was good, right? Now, it was pretty typical 1980. Nobody's fault but mine. But some of his runs were really good. And I like the audience tape. It's much more forgiving than the soundboard. It just and and it just sounds more alive and more more of his playing comes through even though it's not as clear to me like he he has he has vibrato that I don't necessarily hear on the board tapes and this Hanover the board for sh- tape for this show is is nothing to write home about I don't know if it's the worst board for the tour because I haven't heard them all but it is. Um, it is no joy. If you're going to listen to this show, the audience tape is 100% the way to go, in my opinion. Maybe somebody could make a um, a Matrix with the two. Or somebody wonderful like Dario Romero or someone of that ilk. I love Dario Romero's remasters, you know that. Could remaster this and bring out even more. Or... Uh, Choose. I don't know if it, uh, if it was Lurker or Glynn, or if Glynn is Lurker, I can't remember. Uh, whoever made Dancing in the Doldrums? No. In Celebration for a King, using that AI uh, sound module to master it was ridiculous. If someone could do that with the 80 tour, that would bring more light to this. 
It's not me, though. Although, I did get a new uh, remote digital analog converter because uh, the headphone jack is broken on my laptop. It has been for a while because I'm an idiot and broke it. Um, so I have been listening to music primarily through the TV because I do HDMI out onto my enormous TV. And I've been without headphones from my laptop. I still have them for my phone, of course, but with this DA converter plugs into USB and then I can plug my headphones into it. And it's actually a much better converter than whatever's on board on my laptop. And it sounds ridiculously good. And um, maybe I can start attempting some audio shit, even though I'm old and my ears are garbage. But I don't know. I'm starting to fuck around stuff. Maybe the day will come. I do things to tracks already as they need them, but only as far as like raising or lowering volume, um, declipping if they're clipped, etc., etc., cutting extraneous things and fade outs and whatnot. Nothing, nothing too major, but maybe I will. Maybe I should. Who knows? But you know what we should listen to now? You know what? Let's do it. Let's listen to that all of my love that brought me to this show. It's a good performance of this song, even though the song itself live is pretty lackluster because basically the band wasn't really into the song. It's not a Led Zeppelin kind of song, but it's like, what are they going to do? No, Robert, we're not going to play this song about your beautiful dead son. No, of course not. But um, this is the one where Jimmy actually plays some really tasty stuff. And the other shows, I just don't hear that. I hear him kind of noodling here and there a little bit. This one seems to have him in control with some ideas of what he wants to play. And um, I don't know. It just flows nice. It's it's my favorite all of my love that I've heard thus far. You know, I've heard most of them on this tour. So uh, maybe that has some weight. Anyway, let me know what you think. Enjoy all of my love to you. All of my love, all of my love. All right, enough of that. Here you go.
There's some clever stuff in there in that solo. I don't know. I liked it. He's nimble fingered. He's nimble fingered tonight. I don't know. That was a good song. I mean, this show, the, the whole eighty tour. It, it, it's 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 a lesser Zeppelin. I've said this before. But this tour, more than any other, well, actually, to the exclusion of the others, um, just seems to me like a band on the road making their money, doing the job. By which I mean, not like they don't want to be there, not like they're not happy to do it, but the synergy of the four of them, you know, one plus one plus one plus one equals five kind of thing. Two plus two equals five that Zeppelin had doesn't seem to be manifesting on this tour any longer. And I think a good part of it is not only Jimmy and Bonzo's diminished capacities and then, and the general um, dysfunction and, and malaise and uh, corruption that had permeated the entire Led Zeppelin organization. Uh, But, also, Robert is, is, Robert had to be negotiated with to do this tour. It wasn't like, okay, here's what we're doing. We're going out on tour now. You know, it went from Robert suddenly having way more power in the band than he had before. Because he didn't want to be there. He was done. He was done. He had the worst thing that could happen to a human being happen. And Led Zeppelin didn't matter a fuck compared to that tragedy and his family, etc., etc. So they they won him back. And uh, I I just get the feeling that uh, old behaviors reared their head as the tour went on. Because one can almost, especially after Bonzo's collapse... And Nuremberg, the the next show after this one. There's just, uh, you know, what I've said for years is this kind of like at the level like an Aerosmith show, or or like they're not gods on this tour. In my opinion, they're still great. I still like this. I'm gonna play stuff that's great. Trampled underfoot. 1980, I think, is my favorite year for Trampled Underfoot. They nail it. They nail it most of the time. And, uh, shit, they even did a few Achilles' last stands really well. That's that's no walk in the park. But the ebullience and the joy and the boyish, even the wickedness, you know, the, the rogue, the rascalness is is gone. It just seems like, um, I don't know. It seems like after the show, they kind of go in their own directions and live their own lives. And had they made it to America, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, Jonesy at that point, I think in 77 traveled separately. He had, I believe he had a motor home for a good part of the tour because he just wasn't down with all that it wasn't necess- it wasn't all the sex drugs and rock and roll at that point it was dysfunction it was uh addiction and nastiness and criminal behavior and violence and just you know you know we all know what addiction looks like when it gets bad when it gets shameful i mean these guys were in that their management was in that. Their road crew was in that. It, the whole thing was functioning, but not at a high level. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if money had been taken. I wouldn't be surprised if shit got stolen. I don't know. Now I'm just wool gathering. I'm talking for another hundred years between songs. I apologize, friends. Um, I'm wistful over this tour because we all know what's going to happen. And, uh, I don't know. I, I, I wish, I wish I was living in another timeline where there was a, a, a close call 
a close call. Like uh, Robert's boy got better, but it was a close call. And the fact that he was so far away, nine time zones away, when he heard the news, shook him and changed his priorities. And, you know, maybe Jimmy Urbanzo has a wake-up call, has a near-miss, an OD, but they're, they're, they're saved and uh, get a moment of clarity and people start getting their shit together. Or in this other timeline, maybe, maybe the, the rehab movement happens five years earlier, ten years earlier, so that there is a system in place for these guys who are going through the rudderless 70s um, following the whole uh, assassin credo, nothing is true. Everything is permitted. Everything was permitted. If you're allowed to do everything, you're going to do everything. Power corrupts. These guys got corrupted and then they got lost and then they got sick and then they started dying. And um, in this other timeline, you know, imagine instead of if David Crosby wasn't the holy shit rehab story of the 80s but it was uh jimmy and bonzo pulling their shit together getting clean around the same time as like pete townsend got clean and clapton in fact jimmy uh got clean with the help of the person that got pete and eric off it Uh, i remember reading about this person in omni magazine in like 1982 maybe 1983 uh it was i believe it was a, a woman a female scientist who had uh, it was a like a tone generator? I don't know if it was an auditory tone generator or electromagnetic, you know, energy, but basically it would send frequencies into the brain that would that would either calm or excite various parts of the brain, and she was able to target allegedly, um, you know, that craving part, that addiction part, and just kind of clamp down on it or excite something else and just make people feel better and not have to be like, I wish I had heroin all the time or alcohol or whatever. But it helped Jimmy. It helped Pete Townsend to help Derek Clapton. It might have been a fad. might have just been placebo effect. But whatever it was, I mean, they all got off of heroin. Jimmy was, of course, last one to leave the party which was unfortunate because in the arms tour, yeah, in that alternate timeline, the arms tour would have kicked ass because Bonzo would have been part of it. Jimmy would have been part of it. Imagine Jimmy, full strength Jimmy, or even 1977 Jimmy on stage with Clapton and Beck, a little closer to -to toe-to-toe than uh, 1983. Let's uh, hose him off and, and see if he can stand Jimmy. Ah, it's not a good time. Whew, sorry. Waxing philosophic. All right. Sorry, friendos. Thank you for bearing with that. Let's listen to some music, shall we? How about Trampled Underfoot, the, the song that follows All of My Love? A good one, a rollicking one, and this one actually has some fire to it. Enjoy. Again, June 24th, 1980. It's a song from uh, Fiscal Graffiti.
very good very very good I hope you enjoyed this I have I'm not done yet there's one more left I want to play for you but um this is what I mean by this the the 1980 shows are, are just fun with trampled underfoot they rock that and um man I am glad I discovered this show I'm glad dogs of doom pointed me to it bless them there hasn't been any uh, real releases from them lately but i mean it can't fault them they can only do what they can do and they all have lives of their own but i can't wait to see what comes out next from them wonderful human beings they are spiel time you can find me on twitter facebook and youtube under the name heart of markness Facebook is a lovely Facebook group with, uh, last time I looked, 170-something people in it, none of which have been assholes. Very friendly, very knowledgeable. If you like this podcast, you should join the Facebook group because you'll be with other people who like it and like the music played, and maybe you can learn a little bit or just commiserate with people who like what you like. I have a website, heartofmarkness.com, that I mentioned earlier. That's where you can go to get the shows that I cover in the podcast. You can get this entire show, not just the ones, uh, the songs that I cover there. So that's a good thing, right? Yeah. And if you like what I do and you like how I do it and you want to uh, materially support and be part of this podcast in a physical manner, uh, check out patreon.com slash heart of Markness. See if there's something there that interests you. And uh, you can also hit the Patreon button on my heartofmarkness.com and I'll take you to the same place. See if there's something there for you. I've got to record this month's podcast. Patreon podcast shit. I just shit. I thought I had already done that and I haven't. All right. I got to get that done in the next two days. No worries. I know what it's going to be and it's going to be good, but quick shout out to the aforementioned patrons, the titans upon whose shoulders rests this humble yet mighty podcast. So a laurel and hearty handshake go out to Jeff from Canada, Glynn, Stephen, George, Big Ed, Kenny, John from West Footscray, Picard, Knegern, Chris, Rob from Melbourne, Australia, Wayne, Brad, Danielle, Tracy, David, Bonzo, Billy, and Mimo. Thank you, thank you, thank you, my dear, dear friends, for allowing me to do this podcast. Also, thank you to uh, Patron Emeritus Jeremy, who provided this microphone through which I speak to you so I didn't have to use the shitty laptop mic, or the far less shitty, but not as good as this mic, uh, old performance mic that my housemate used for when she used to play gigs out in uh, bars. This is a better one. Yay, thank you, Jeremy. Love you. Love you all. I love you all. And now, is that it? I think I covered everything. Mark at heartofmarkness.com. Yes, if you want to talk to me about something. Uh, Mark at heartofmarkness.com is the easiest way to reach me. And uh, if you back in the day taped any shows or know someone who did um give me give me give me drop me a line and let me know what you have what you've had taped 
And if you're willing, I mean, the Stogs of Doom thing happens just through the same way, through people contacting them mostly via their YouTube channels. Most of the people on Dogs of Doom have Zeppelin YouTube channels, or most of the people, on, you know, in the, the head muckamucks of the Dogs of Doom have their own YouTube channel. Z multiple. So there are people that are like, I was at that show, I taped it with my brother. Hey, did you still happen to have that tape? Yes. Kaboom. That's how we get shit like Minneapolis 75. That's how we get... Sorry, in my manic zeal, I unplugged the mic. All right, that's how we get all those shows, all those great Dogs of Doom releases that people go fucking crazy for, is they're sitting in someone's garage, attic, spare room, and... uh People go digging for them and find them. And if, if you've got something like that, you may not think it's worth anything. It's not, it's, we're not talking money. This is all done for free. But there are people that I can put you in touch with that will restore that tape, convert it digitally, and return it to you. I mean, and then have something that you may have a, a holy grail that you might not even know about. So... If you have anything like that and you want to know, uh, contact me, mark at hardermarkness.com. doesn't have to be Zeppelin. be nice if it was. But, you know, the Dogs of Doom have found Genesis tapes, Cream, Jethro Tull, I think. So there's stuff that's out there. Um, and, and all this is stuff that people hadn't heard before. So it has value. So let me know if you have something and... If you're willing to, and, you know, maybe you can be the next fucking miracle that uh, comes out. All right, let's finish this up with something I never thought I'd be saying since I've been loving you from the 1980 tour. I know, I know, but this is really nice. It's, it's, it's professional, it's mature, it's mellow, like the, the 77, the latter-day Sibleys are. But again, you have moments of absolute genius of Mr. Page with surprisingly fluid fingers for this period of his career. So yes, since I've been loving you, Hanover, Germany, June 24th, 1980. It's very good, and the audience tape sounds even better. Listen to Mr. Page show what he can do.
Very quiet, very mellow. Almost almost sounds like a club, a jazz club atmosphere, but very sophisticated. I liked it. I liked it. A lot of it, like I said, sounds like the the 2007 uh playing at the re- at the uh, reunion, but that's not a dig. There was some really really fluid stuff there, but they weren't locked in like they used to be. When Bonzo did his fuselage, Jimmy should have been there. He wasn't. It's um a little bit sad, but still excellent. It's nice to hear Jimmy playing well always. All right, friends, I hope you enjoyed this. I'll be back uh, this weekend or sometime. I've started doing them early in the week, the classic rock ones. I just did a, a really good David Bowie one a couple days ago. If you haven't listened to it, it's really worth it. Prime Bowie, you'll know all the songs. Ziggy Stardust, it's as good as it gets. And uh, I don't know what I'm going to do for Zeppelin next week. If you have a suggestion, hit me up, com. A tour, a show, something. Let me know. Thank you very much for listening. Please be good to yourselves and each other, and I will talk to you soon.